Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs postgame show podcast presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. Cody Del Mendo, Jared Willis, and I am Luke Stuckmeyer. We're here after a Cubs loss 3-1 to to the Diamondbacks in game one of this series. Ryan Herrera will be working the clubhouse and hopefully joining us uh, before the, the podcast is over. Cubs dropped to 15-22 and 22 on the season, and this was supposed to be the Stroh show. That's what we had labeled it going in, the return of Marcus Stroman, pitching for the first time since May 1st, and he got COVID, and he's been out a while, and we weren't sure if there was going to be rust. David Ross said maybe expect a little bit of rust, and I'd say he was probably right. Yeah, I think he looked pretty sharp the first first Agreed. couple innings, first time through the order or so. Um but then, yeah, I think some of that, Agreed. you know, that rust, you saw that into the fourth and the fifth inning. But all things considered, he gave you about as much as you can hope for, given the circumstances. He's been out for close to three weeks, but he still put together five innings, gave up three runs, um, kept him in the game, you know, if, if not for the offense falling short the way that they did. Um, but, you know, it's it's pretty solid start. You know, maybe now I rethink it. I, I guess I shouldn't call it rust because if he's doing well early in the game, then it's not rust. It's just he lost a little something after that. The, the next time through didn't look as good as it did the right. first time through. Yeah, it seemed like the Diamondbacks found found something. And, uh, you know, they as we said in pregame, you know, Stroman is a pitch-to-contact guy, right? So if he's not hitting his spots, um, it's, it's not necessarily like Kyle Hendricks, but – if he does, I mean, if he, the home run that Varsho hit off him, it was 91 miles an hour in the middle of the plate. He hit it 108 miles an hour to dead yeah, center. It crushed There's him, some man. analytics for your ass. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, you can't, you can't locate pitches right. there when you're not throwing 99 miles an hour, right? Like, that's kind of like the, like, we can sit here and, and celebrate Kyle Hendricks throwing that shutout almost, you know, that uh, what month? That last Monday, uh, but it's like the same thing for him. If he doesn't locate like he does, then he he can be exposed. And Stroman is I don't want to say the same, but it is kind of similar for him. So, but overall, I did think he he pitched well. Uh, those first three innings uh, had six strikeouts, which is good. Uh, so hopefully, you know, next start next time out, he's able to. Uh, Maybe give the Cubs a little bit more length. Maybe able to uh, lessen the hard contact. That was that was kind of the thing. Even some yeah. of the outs were hard contact, were. and I, I don't, I, I don't want to compare him to Kyle Hendricks, but like they have very similar arsenals. So, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, I think you know, like you pointed out, it's no knock on Dalton Varsho, but you leave a ninety-one mile an hour pitcher that spot in the zone just about any hitter in the majors is going to yeah. <laughs> do something like what he did. So, uh, but again, I think, you know, it, it, he, he did what you would hope for him to do given the circumstances. It's something he can build on. Um, I imagine after that long layoff, like we talked about in the pregame, he, the, his level of conditioning might not be quite the same. Cause you know, if you've been sick and you've been out, like it takes a little while to bounce back. So it might be his next start before we really see him go, okay, maybe six, seven innings and look more like himself. Right. right. Even if he was one of the lucky people that have had COVID and had the minimal symptoms or no symptoms, like you're fortunate if you get that right. But like yeah. he was still sitting around for three weeks. Even if he was able to right. do some stuff, he wasn't able to go out and pitch at a major league level for three weeks. So there's got to be some sort of impact there. Now, the other is true. I don't know what he's going to say in the postgame show. Uh, maybe Ryan will be able to tell us, but if he was actually very, very sick for three weeks, then you're amazed by That's, what he was able to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then it's, it, I guess, de yeah, depending on right? like, I mean, if how he was really it was, sick, like, like this is, could be really impressive. Right. Yeah. So either way, uh, he gets through those first five innings, and then the bullpen comes in, and this really has been the story all season. Like, the bullpen comes in and shuts him down. Like, yeah. it's Bang, bang, bang. Like, that was it. Like, the Cubs still had opportunities in this game because of the bullpen. You know, it wasn't and, – and really give Stroman some credit. While they did hit him hard and he had three weeks off, he did keep them in the ballgame. Yeah. And, and then hand it to a bullpen that has yeah. been absolutely lights out. So, 
there were opportunities to still win this game. It was a very winnable game yeah. um, because of the bullpen. And offensively, it was they were able to get the guys on base. But then, you know, we saw three different times where they had runners in scoring position. Um, it was fifth, the sixth, and the eighth inning. And just didn't didn't get the timely hit, and that's all it would have taken is one one base hit in one of those spots, and it's a totally totally different game. Yeah, you mentioned the bullpen. F. Ross ERA is down to one point zero six now. You pitched one and a third tonight, three strikeouts. Brandon Hughes comes back in, doesn't have a letdown. Uh, was pretty good in the one and two thirds as well. Uh, down two runs. Uh, Maybe some people don't look into it as much, but they did keep them in the game, like Jared said, which is you, you love to see it. Efros and Hughes especially, they're, they're definitely parts of the future. Um, so you, that's, if there's any positive tonight, it's, it, it really is that. But that Patrick Wisdom strikeout, what was it, in the seventh or the eighth inning? It was the eighth, uh, yeah. The eighth inning. That was just brutal. Like, it's tough to – have any it's tough to read on like what the Cubs need to do with someone like Patrick Wisdom because it's not like there's someone who's going to take a spot unless they decide to play moral or morale over at third every day you know and then you know whatever with wisdom I don't know but like man it, it just it's so boomer bust with wisdom and like that's that's the thing that bothers me the most because if he makes contact, even if he makes an out, it's usually hit really hard somewhere. But he just strikes out yeah. way too much. Mm -hmm. He strikes out more than Javi Baez did. And he led baseball in strikeout rate last year. <laughs> like, I sat on Twitter so many times last year and complained about Javi Baez striking out. Now I feel like I'm doing that for Patrick Wisdom. And, like, I understand Javi Baez is a much, much, much more accomplished baseball player and much, much more, like, had a bigger outlook for his career when he came up with the Cubs. No doubt. Not trying to compare the two. But it's just, like, it, I just keep bringing myself back, like, back to it, and, and I find myself comparing it. And, and, like, we coming into the season, we talked all about how this team was going to be able to put the ball in play and, and contact and all that. And I think – it was either Jake on the couch or maybe it was one of you guys. Like, the strikeouts are down, but we're still striking out in the big moment. And, yeah. like, yeah. that's – that. It, it was a brutal moment after getting a guy on second and third there. Mm -hmm. And Wisdom actually had a really good at bat. He was down 0-2, worked it back to 3-2, and then Kennedy throws a pitch nowhere near the zone. Yeah. Nowhere near the zone. And – Check swings. Like, I, the fact that you even checked swing on that. I mean, I'm not no major league player. I played until eighth grade, and I was terrible, and I hated getting hit all the time. So that's why I stopped <laughs> playing. But, like, the ball is nowhere near the zone, and you're still, like, you're still, like, in that mode to, like, protect or whatever. And I, I get it, 3-2 count, big moment, pressure, all that. Like, there's a lot of factors into it, and I'm not trying to, to just put the guy down completely. But, man, like, if Wisdom wants to really have a – a career in the big leagues and like be a a, pl a player on a team that plays every day, he has to stop doing. He needs to stop to. the strikeouts. Right, he Robbie says that to. even on the chat. Robbie said you know he can't shorten up ever. Yeah, he needs to be able to flick the ball in the right field, like we well, saw. That's what um, Schwindel used to do. Is Rizzo. Rizzo. Yeah. Rizzo, but I was yeah. thinking Schwindel when he finally yeah. got his hit yeah. to mm -hmm. break out of his slump. What did he do? Just flipped it in the right, right field, and that's. But you don't see that from Wisdom very often. He's yeah. always taking that big hack. Yeah. And when he hits a home run, it's great. But when he doesn't, right? Because that was the hit that you needed in that spot. Was just 100. Get it out right. over the infield, and you're, and you're going to score. And you're. I think if I remember right, they had runners on second and third. They so did you tie the game. So you didn't even you know, have to hit a homer. All no, you had to do was just, just hit one up the middle, or you know whatever. Hit one into the gap. Then, yeah. you know, you clear the bases. You're on second. You got a chance to score. It's like – it's just little things like that where it really does kind of remind you of last year because you felt like like the, the team the last few years before this one, you felt like they were so boomer bust. The amount of times that we saw them, they would put up games where they would score seven, eight runs, and then they'd go on a two- or three-game stretch where they barely score two or three. Right. And, like, that's kind of like we've seen the last – two what, what this week. They score – what, eight or nine on Monday, then seven on Tuesday? Nine and, 
and then mm-hmm. three yesterday and what one tonight so it's like it's weirdly kind of similar like uh, they were getting guys on base, but they just couldn't get the big hit. I do feel like it is a little bit different compared to the last few years, but still, like, I guess it comes down to just, like, the talent that's on this team. Like, that's also, like, that's also just being real about it. Like, the, the talent yeah. on those teams much different compared to this team and the expe- expectations and all that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we talk about all the time how these guys are, are playing for jobs, right? Like if wisdom, like I said, if wisdom wants to be an everyday player at the major league level, he has to figure out how to cut down on the strikeouts. I, I was talking on the couch while we were watching the game about not just an everyday player for his future moving forward. You know, somebody on, on the chat, some guys are going through there and saying uh, he should go down to triple a. Well, he spent a lot of time already at trip, like right. years at triple a. Um, and I know maybe there could be some small adjustment. At this point, he's got to be able to make that here. And AAA is not the answer for me. No, because if it was the answer for him, that would have happened already because we have to acknowledge the fact that wisdom is 30 years old. So you don't don't break out as a 29, 30-year-old unless there's a reason why you stay in AAA for that long. You know, the number of different players we've seen over the years who are, you know, you call them 4A players. And on a better Cubs team, wisdom isn't even isn't even there. I mean, really, he he came up last year because Bryant was hurt and then the trades happened. And so that created a spot for him. But under different circumstances, we might not even know who Patrick Wisdom is. Yeah, well, I was saying on the couch, how many home runs does he have to hit? for him to be a valuable piece to another, even if it's not the Cubs. Like, I'm thinking of, like, okay, where's his career go if this sample continues the rest of this season? He hits a lot of – he has clear power. He plays good third base. Mm-hmm. Is that enough for him to, to then – if it's not with the Cubs and the Cubs find their third baseman, I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it is Morel. Like, maybe somebody like that is the decision later on this season – if Patrick Wisdom doesn't stick with the Cubs down the road, is his power enough to make him stick as the last man on the team off the bench or something? And I'm not sure because of the strikeouts. Yeah. And I, I've got to give credit to, I think it's Joe, is it Schroeder, um, who says in the comments, Wisdom is what he is. If he hasn't figured it out by now, he never will. And that's, and I'm not inclined to be pessimistic generally. I'm usually an optimist, but I have to be honest and say with wisdom, like this is what he is. He's going to give you those home runs sometimes, but he's also going to give you a lot of strikeouts. And if he was going to lower his, his strikeout rate again, he, he would have done it by now. Well, I also think, um, you know, maybe the hope is from last season, he had a great, great section of a season where you were like, Whoa, Whoa. Okay. Hold on. Maybe he did figure something out. That's an, here's another guy where, some time, extra time in spring training wouldn't have hurt mm. to work on some of these smaller things. And again, I'm not saying the lockout is to blame for his start to the season, but it's just another factor. And there, there's a guy who maybe needed to get into a better routine. I don't, I don't know what the case is. And people were calling for him to be DFA'd and sent to AAA in the first 10 games of the season. And I was, we were both here, Cody, and we were like, nope, yeah. not the answer. There's nobody to put there. You got to see what you have. Mm-hmm. We know he might not be a piece of the future. We, it's probably more than likely he's not a piece of the future. But what's the alternative? Who yeah. are you, who are you right. putting there? And until <laughs> Replace three, him with who? Yeah. And, until three days ago, I would have never said Morel. But, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that opportunity, if he continues to hit. Yeah. And that's a very small sample size. I just don't know how long the leash is. And, and I think it might be it's shorter than I thought it was maybe a month ago in my, in my mind. I don't know if that's true for the Cubs. And if, if you look at what wisdom did last year where he came up and he had, like you mentioned that short stretch where he looked really good there, you know, there's a lot of guys who come up and they do that kind of thing. But then as the league adjusts to them, they just never adjust really adjust back. And that's the end of it. I mean, last year at, uh, in April, on the south side, they were naming a burger after a, a certain White Sox <laughs> player, and what's happened with him since? Like it's just it, it's what happens sometimes, and and 
your mean Mercedes was about the same age as, as what wisdom is. So that might be the kind of guy that he is. And, and Morel is an intriguing option depending on what he can do. But I also like the ability that Morel has to be defensively versatile. Right. Mm -hmm. We saw that tonight. He starts at second, but then he moves to center field later in the game. I'd like to see more of, you know, to him to have the opportunity to do that. So I don't want to see him just get stuck at third. Right. And then that's, you know, yeah. Well, Niren is saying on the chat that nobody projects Morel to be a star. He's a talent. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying he's projecting right. to be a star. I'm just saying if he can get more at bats by playing some at third base because wisdom isn't there full time, those at bats will start to shrink, I would think. If he continues to play well and wisdom continues to strike out at that rate. And Morell's 22 years old. So who's the guy that's going right. to number 21 even if you're in the system too. Right. Even if right. you're developing a guy that ends up being your utility player moving forward, Still it would be more thing. valuable for him to be getting starts over at third base the second half of the season than it would yeah. be wisdom if wisdom continues this way. And listen, I'm not – wisdom seems like a great guy. Mm -hmm. And I hope he breaks out of this. I just agree with Jared that the track record shows you, the baseball card shows you that that's not super likely. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm on Fangraphs. If you don't know, we are Fangraphs Pro Podcast, um, not not Baseball Reference, uh, according to Corey and Brendan. But <laughs> last night, or not last night, last year, <laughs> in 106 games with the Cubs, Wisdom had a 40.8 strikeout rate. Right now, this year, in 33 games, 41.9% strikeout rate. His walk rate walk rate last year, 8.5. This year is down to 6.5. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are very similar. He hit, he hit 231 last year, it's 211. What's the difference? He slugged 518 last year, down to 439, which to me shows that he's just not – hitting the ball as hard either, I guess you could say. I mean, 439 isn't bad, but whenever you're striking out as much as he is, it's it, it does look bad. <laughs> it's glaring a little bit. And his on-base is down to 266. I mean, a lot of these numbers, that's, if you look at them, you can look at some of the worst stretches Javi Baez has had over the course of his Cubs career, and you can compare them. I, do you, and what's crazy is, like, we talk about how wisdom is at least – really good defensively and like you always got the defense out of Javi too like it's it's weird how it's almost a little bit comparable at least Javi was able to bring you all kinds of other different like assets in in a baseball game uh, and when he wasn't striking out three times a game he he would find a way to help your team win that that's kind of the thing that wisdom doesn't do as well it's like if he doesn't hit a homer or make contact put the ball in play in a game Outside of maybe the few balls that are hit to him a game, if that, like, what else does he do? Like, he doesn't – he's not walking. He's not – he's just not getting on base. And, like, I know this team's full of guys who are supposedly supposed to be getting on base, but yeah. they – they for the spot that, that Ross is putting him in the lineup, they need him to hit. Right. And he right. just isn't. So, yeah. it's, it's tough. I'm rooting for him. I want him to be good, but – yeah, I mean, you throw that guy on a team that's ready to win the World Series right now. He's a really good bench depth piece off, like off the bench. Come up and a you know with a guy, with a couple guys on base, and maybe he hits one out for you. Maybe come in defensive replacement. That's that's literally how he's playing right now. I and I don't want it to feel like we're piling on Pat, Patrick Wisdom. We're not, Cody. You've said it all along. You're hoping he does well. We're trying to be objective about it. The great thing about CHGO is we don't have to be careful of what we say. We can say what we're seeing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're, not, we're not connected to the team in, like, we're as much on the fan side as we are on the media side. You're on the media side. Yeah. I'm somewhere in between at the moment, right? Like, like yeah. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I feel Cody half the time, and then some part of me of the media pulls back sometimes. But we're, <laughs> we're trying to be fair, and we don't have to hide. Yeah. We don't have to be protective of a player. Right. That said, he seems like a nice guy, and he was not the only reason they lost this right. game. I mean, it, was the, it was the fifth inning. It was the sixth inning. It was the eighth inning. What did they have? Bases loaded, two on and two on. So that's three innings 
where they had at least five runners in scoring position, and they left him there. Yeah, another Patrick guy. Patrick Wisdom wasn't the only guy right. leaving batters on base. Another guy we, on base. Another guy we can talk about is Rafael Ortega striking out and was the fourth or the fifth inning. Mm-hmm. Had two guys on. Ortega comes up with one out, and he's he's batting leadoff for the Cubs, and in that moment is unable to put just put the ball in play. I mean, yeah. two guys on. You're hoping he at least doesn't hit into a double play. But that inning probably goes a little bit different if he at least put the ball, at least puts the ball in play. And he strikes out. Then Contreras comes up. He gets hit by a pitch. Base is Jack. Ian Happ comes up, has like a 10 pitch at bat. And like, I'm not even, yeah, Yeah. grounds out the second. I'm not even like that upset about it. That, like, it sucks. Ian Happ put together a great at bat. And he put the ball in play. And sometimes right. that's all you can ask for, and sometimes it just doesn't go your way. But I'm more mad about Ortega striking out in yeah. that situation. Like, that goes back to what I was saying about how this team was designed to be able to create more contact, put the ball in play more, all this stuff that we talked about. And even though the strikeouts are down this year, they're still striking out in critical moments. And it's just frustrating because – it's already hard enough for this team to consistently score runs every game. Whenever they just hurt themselves like that, it doesn't make it any easier to watch. And it doesn't make it easier to look at the chat and on YouTube and, and just, like, try and spin it into a way to where maybe we can look at something optimistically. Everyone in the chat is exactly right, pretty much, when it comes to the guys that we've been talking about. They've been, they've been saying it all year. I like we basically have been saying it, but been trying to hold out a little hope to find out like if any of them can be part of the future or if any of them can be like, you know, just some sort of asset for this team in the future. And some nights we get it and sometimes we don't. And like I know the Cubs only lost this game three to one and I'm acting like we just lost like the World Series or whatever, but like <laughs> you know it's when it's a super winnable looking yeah, game. Like when you that, have all these yeah, yeah, when you leave as many guys on base like they did tonight go one for seven with runners in scoring position, you leave yeah. that game and you're like, this one hurts more than just a regular loss. So and, that's and, where I'm at. And two, when everything else about the game really kind of went the way that you would want it to go. Right. You get a pretty decent start from Stroman. And like we've talked about, the bullpen the comes bullpen. in and just is locks it down. I mean, they were mm-hmm. – the bullpen was fantastic tonight. Yeah. And you were – I mean, for all of the – you know, some of the issues with the lineup, they were getting guys on base – it's just, you know, it's it's a timeliness thing. So, yeah, I think it does make it a little more frustrating when it's like you're looking at this and it's this is right. a super winnable it, game. Especially whenever they're in this like they're in this part of the schedule right now, right? Like this yes, is the time to get some wins. Right. Yeah. Like this is like we know that yes, the deadline is ahead and yes, they probably will sell some of these guys uh de- not even depending on what their record is. But at the same time like there's there's you still like fans still want to win games like I still want to see them win like mm-hmm. like I'm not going to be someone who's going to sit here and be rooting for losses like that's just not how I'm wired uh you're and, not to, you're not to Isaac's point on the chat no Isaac what, what, says what's the return for Wilson I'm ready to move on from all of them rip the band-aid off like it's not even he a wants band-aid. to continue like the full on he like he doesn't want the full rebuild to be like pushing halfway point he's saying well, like there's there's another there's say, another there's another phase to that and yeah. he might be right. I don't know though. I mean, how many? I don't do even think there's a band through, How many more seasons like this do you want to sit through? Because that's, that's the hard part. I I contend, and maybe this is my optimism speaking again, but I don't think they're as far away from being competitive as as they might look when yeah. when they drop games like this. And you know, Cody, uh, even as somebody who I have to approach it objectively. It, frankly, it's more fun to cover a team that's winning. Right. You know, when you go into a yeah. post-game locker room after they've won, that's a lot more pleasant than after a loss. And I guarantee you, you know, Ryan's in there right now. That is a quiet locker room. Um, the guys don't want to talk as much. They're, you know, it's because it's they're frustrated because this, some of the same things that we are talking about, you know that they are processing through themselves. Right. Patrick Wisdom is thinking about, why did I swing at that pitch? He mm-hmm. knows it too. Yeah. Um, some of these guys that didn't come through with hits, and those they know it. They're thinking like, man, that was, that was the spot to turn this game around. The difference for them is, is they have to process through this and then 
put it away because they have to turn around and go back tomorrow right. and try to. And some of the one of the nice things about winning the last six of, or winning six of the last nine games now, six of their last ten, uh, was you were seeing like not only growth but like you were seeing things from certain players and like you were starting to believe oh this guy like he has value here he could be part of this oh he's been really good if this does fall apart we can trade him whatever like even even in wins you could find guys that were like you know you could figure out what you wanted to do it just doesn't make it doesn't it's not as easy to do that when they're losing it just Mm -hmm. isn't I think, uh, you know, and I want to find this number. I brought this up a couple post-game shows ago. Maybe Jared can give us that number. I want to know what the number, forget the wins and losses. If this year is about development and exploring, as I like to say, Cody, (laughs) what is the number of wins in development that the Cubs have to see at this major league level for them to have a successful season? If, If Wisdom and Schwindel are not going to be pieces that move forward or tradable pieces or Tega the same way. How many pieces do the Cubs have to have? I don't care how many games they win or lose. How many pieces do they have to have at the end of the season where you say, yes, 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 yes. What number makes it a good season for the Cubs? Because right now, if you go into, let's look, go down what we have. Right now, Nico Horner is a yes. Ian Happ appears to be a yes. Um, Efros, yes. Keegan Thompson, yes. Steele, I'm saying yes right now, okay? Forget the veteran guys that aren't on the f- next great future Cubs team, like Robertson or whatever. We, we yeah. are all confident that those guys will probably get moved if the team's right. not winning. But I've just named you five young guys, that you're saying yes to already. And, don't forget and they're Suzuki. not. And yeah. Suzuki, Suzuki, six. Mm-hmm. Even if that's six right there. So let's take those six. Even if four of those six only really turn out to be the real deal, the best prospects are still not here yet. So yeah. if you're talking about like Caleb Killian, we're going to talk about him in the next segment. Caleb Killian will likely be here fairly soon. You hope that Brennan Davis gets over his injury and is here before the end of the season. If you start adding some of these guys up and you, I don't don't know what the number is, but to me it's like if you have like five or six answers this season to guys and you can say he's part of our roster moving forward and he's going to be a key piece. I think that will be a successful season. Nights like this are difficult to swallow for any fan and for the players. But I still think if you zoom back out right now and you look at this team and you go, wow, there's five or six pieces where yeah. they could be a part of a really good Cubs team moving forward, and they're young, and they're not making a ton of money except for Suzuki right now, that might be a yes. win for me, six. And, and think about this. When Javi Baez made his debut in 2014 and he hits a home run, who remembers the result of that game? Right. Nobody. Don't you – we don't, I don't. We don't care. Right. Um, because it wasn't like that wasn't about whether or not they win that game. And it's, you know, it's, I, you can look back seven, eight years in the past and it's easier to remove yourself from it because fresh off of a frustrating loss tonight, it's, it's you know, you want more to like kind of get into the nitty gritty. But I, I like, you know, that's good perspective because who are the guys that we really believe those five or six, maybe seven guys are this next great Cubs team, who are those guys? Those are probably the guys that we should, we should be talking about. What are we seeing from them? Yeah. You know, what are they showing us at this point? Because the individual wins and losses in a season like this. I, right. It'd be nice. It'd be nice if they put it all together and made it interesting in the division, yeah. got back to 500. But like you watch Hughes, he's gone three and a third now in his career. He's got seven strikeouts. I mean, that is a small sample size. He'll certainly be scouted more. But is Hughes, is Morrell, is, is Wick, you know, are, are those guys filtering into seven, eight, nine guys where you could say yeah. that might be a piece of the future? You start getting anywhere near 10, and there's no way Jed Hoyer can't step back and go, with what we have still in the minor league system coming up, 
and the ability to still continue to pay because we didn't go crazy this offseason, there's no way if he looked at 10 pieces and he had those on his team now, how would he not look at it and say, future's bright, I like what we have. And with some money coming off the books in the near future. You know, yes. the Hayward contract is just about to expire. I mean, so there's, yeah, there. if, if you've got seven, eight guys on a roster of 26 who are, are guys that you know you're building around, it doesn't take that much to bring in a couple of those right pieces, and then you're you're in a very different position than they are right now. So, what Joe's pointing out, he says F. Ross Givens Robertson will all be flipped. In my opinion, I don't believe F. Ross will be flipped. I don't, at yeah, all. I disagree with F. Ross. The, other, the two, other two, I would yeah. say most yeah. likely, yes. Yeah, but then you'll and only get make, more. Those make sense to me. Like whether yeah. the Cubs are are in it or not, I I wouldn't even be mad if they were five hundred and they traded Robertson and Givens because of how. They are able to build a bullpen. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be mad about it. Now, we've talked about other players and everything, and I don't want to get into that. But that, 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 that's that's my opinion on what they should do at the deadline in terms of getting back future assets. But I'm I, Luke. What I'm with you, and I'm like I've always been with you on that. <laughs> I think it to me like what goes on in my head is that like. There's just like I'm just not used to watching the Cubs I get lose it. all That's the time. No, I get, I get <laughs> except yeah. for this second half of last year, and like right. I I I I wanna I wanna defend Jed. Like he said, this team was gonna be competitive, and a lot of people read that into being like you know a wild card team. I think at least, mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe when he said that, he was thinking maybe Brennan Davis would be here earlier, maybe. Maybe some of these other guys like would have, you know, really taken off this year quicker. I I don't know. Everything always like from the fan perspective, everything at least going for this season going in, you can point at how much the Cubs spent or didn't spend in the off season. And again, that's fine. I'm with you, Luke, when it comes to like spend whenever you're ready to go. But at the same time, when you are the most expensive ticket in town and your 15th in payroll, yep. like, yep. it's I can't sit here and say the people that are in my mentions on Twitter or the CHGO <laughs> Cubs Twitter account mentions and telling us about how that's fucked up, I can't sit here and say that, like, I don't agree with or that I disagree. Like, it's, no, it's just a thing that, like, the Cubs wrong. put yeah. themselves, yeah, the Cubs put themselves in that position and that's why when Jed Hoyer was on the score yesterday, I wish he would have been just straight up transparent about what he meant b- about that. At the same time, I understand he's not trying to, like, give his hand away wh- on whether he's going to trade Wilson Contreras or not. There's just a lot of things that I wish they would have said differently, and I would have gone into the season with complete different expectations. They would have said that, hey, we're going to, you know, try and basically rebuild this year and just find out what we have and hope and pray that – you know, we find something, we move some guys at the deadline, and you know, basically what Theo did at during at the beginning of the last at the beginning of the last uh, rebuild. Then I feel like me, you, Luke, and everyone else in the chat is we're probably still mad they don't spend any money, but at least we probably would have got over it faster. And the fact <laughs> that like, but what if they spent the Rangers' money and had those results? That's true. I mean, I tweeted half a other, billion dollars. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, tra- exactly. I talked. I, I tweeted yesterday. You know, the Cubs have. I don't know about now, but going into yesterday, they had as many wins as the Red Sox, and like they got a expensive infield right now. So like I, I, there. I'm not saying that you go and just spend money to spend money. I'm just saying that if you're going to charge as much for tickets to season ticket holders, that's you got to yeah. put you got to put yeah, a better product on the field and like. That's that's basically the point that I'm making. When the cost of going to a game is what it is, and when uh, you know a Bud Light is twelve dollars, twelve dollars, yeah. So I think yeah, it is. Yeah, fans are justified in feeling frustrated at like, well, what do you mean you're not going to spend right now for these players? I'm spending a lot of money to be here. Right. Um, I think that's totally fair. Uh, One of the things that I think, you know, when when the the first rebuild started. 12 years ago there was this level of transparency about here is our plan here's what we're doing here's the roadmap that we have and I think that's part of why it worked because 
fans were watching knowing, okay, that there is a plan. Whether or not it plays out, they've at least been honest with us about what they're doing. I think one of the differences we're seeing now, though, is the culture of baseball has changed to where Jed Hoyer is not going to openly admit, I'm tanking this season. Yeah. Um, because attitudes toward that kind of thing have shifted so much. That's true. He's very, very careful true. not to say that. And yeah. last July, when right around the trade deadline, you know, he was asked, is this a rebuild? And he, he worked so hard not to use the word rebuild. And I think that has a lot to do with he doesn't want that word out there because the, the culture of, of baseball has changed. The attitudes toward this kind of thing have changed where no one wants to hear, hey, we're, we're tanking, we're rebuilding the, the way that they were open to it seven, yeah. eight years ago. That's a good point. It's, it's just it's shifted on them. Everything has changed. At Wrigley Field, everything has changed in our chat. Cubs fans were willing to accept losing after 108 years of it. They were like, you better try something different. And I'm mm -hmm. willing to take four years of losing if you can tell me we're going to have a shot right. at extended success. The extended success was there, but not as long as fans wanted it. The problem is, and this isn't the problem for Cubs fans, the problem for the Cubs is that the taste of winning had been acquired. Mm -hmm. Cubs fans yeah. tasted blood, and all of a sudden the Sharks were like, we want more of that. Right. We're not willing to wait for the rebuild. And so that's another reason why they don't want to use the word rebuild because after right. 108 years, fans were willing to do it. But when you go to the NLCS three years in a row, the word rebuild mm -hmm. doesn't go over nearly as well. It's you know, a, it's a right. much tougher pill to swallow. It's yeah, tough. It was a paradigm shift. Yeah. Yeah. And fans, like you read it, on social media, you hear fans talk about all the time, like the Dodgers, Yankees, the Mets. Like, these are big market teams in major cities. And here we are in Chicago, and the Cubs are 15th in payroll, and, you know, going through a rebuild. Do those teams go through rebuilds? Like, the Mets, they haven't been great, that's for sure, over the last five years, ever since they went to the World Series and lost. But they're trying to win every year, and I, I know there's a lot of – Shit in there for sure. <laughs> for it's sure. the Mets. It's so. the Mets. <laughs> but their owner has straight up. Yeah. He's he's doing what it takes to try and put a winner out there. And like, so like you said, Jared, I'm like I'm with I'm with you on like, you know, on what you said about like from the fan perspective and stuff. And like that's kind of what I'm saying is just like why I'm pissed off we lost tonight because it's like I want to defend Jed. Like I, I want, I want to defend Jed. I don't want to get to the end of the year and just be mad at Jed. Like I, I want, and I do think what Jed has done well is definitely the returns on those trades. They've, they, they seem to look good. The, the Cubs already look like they won the Bryant trade, and they already look like they won the Bias trade. And even the Rizzo's trade is starting to come together. Kevin Alcantara playing well down there in Myrtle Beach as well. Like there's, there's definitely positives about those trades. But when all those other big market teams are paying for their, for their core players or keeping one or two around, but the Cubs don't want to even keep Anthony Rizzo, and then you come into the season, you tell us you're going to compete, and then you like we just have these stretches where they just look like the 2012 Cubs. It's just frustrating to me because mm -hmm. we like I deserve better. Like I genuinely do. Like, and the fans in the chat deserve better. So. I know I'm, I'm pouring it on here because I'm just frustrated, even though the Cubs have actually been playing well lately. But at the same time, it's just like we wouldn't have to be going through this if we just would have either said things differently or actually said what we are going to do. So they are going to spend money on power. That, I, that I agree. They will, they will yeah. spend eventually. It's just not the time to do it. Look at what the Yankees have done with spending on power over the last five years, and they've gone out and given these massive contracts, and they haven't been ready to take that next step. They're building an infrastructure right now. I think take a little bit of a relaxed pill. I think they will spend on power when the time is ready, and that'll be next year. I'm right. pretty confident in that. And I'm I'm with you, Kevin. I like I I'm with you in a sense. It's just I think, and like I've already said it. Like I just feel like for the type of team that the Cubs are, the market that we're in, I just feel like you they 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 should be competing for the playoffs easily every single year. It comes well, up every two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> right. It just does. Like yeah. every, about every two weeks, the chat goes crazy, and people are like, 
well, the Dodgers don't do this. Yeah. And instead of the chat tonight, it was me. Well, and, like, I don't even know why because they lost 3-1 to one, and it was a close game. They had every chance to win tonight. I think I'm just – it's because I haven't complained about it in a while. And, like, that is what And you're is. 31. You're getting old. And, yeah, I'm getting old. Here's another – I think another – <laughs> Another way of maybe zooming out a little bit is if you look at, you know, the Red Sox are struggling this season, but look at what they have done since they, they broke their curse. And that's what four world series, but that's four world series over a pretty Big long span of time right. and with different rosters. So that might be, and kind of going back to what Hoyer talked about in July of last year, he referenced them. And so that might be the perspective to look at is, you know, they, they won it in 04, and then it took until 07, and then it took until 2013, and then 2018. And so there's they've turned themselves into this team where now you just sort of expect them every – you know, they're kind of in it. And that might be – I mean, we'll have to wait and see if this actually plays out this way. But that could be a blueprint for what the Cubs are trying to do because we've seen that the paradigm has shifted. The expectations for the organization have changed. And so now – can you pull off what an organization maybe like Boston did right. Right. You know, over a longer span of time? Cody, I've got some positive things for the folks on the chat and for you here in the second segment. But first, I want to know uh, how your bets did. Well, you know, we've been complaining about the Cubs offense all night, so uh, <laughs> it, was, it was never a doubt when no run first inning hit. Uh, and I placed that bet over on points bet which is the best way to support CHGO, is when you download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you. Remember that PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting. They even have a new exclusive feature, live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, build the perfect Live same game parlay only with points bet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. You can even boost your live same game parlays. And now online signup is available in Illinois. You can actually download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. I say it every show. If Luke can do it, so can you. It's really that easy. Signing up with the fastest sports book is now easier than ever. So you can start living your bet life in seconds. Use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. CHGO, we're bringing you the post-game shows after every game. The podcast, live shows, every team, every day, premium written content from Jared and Ryan. Uh, Ryan at the ballpark tonight, hopefully joining us here before the end of the podcast. That's all chgo.com. By the way, Ryan's most recent piece, really good. It's unlocked for everybody to read. Uh, dope merch for all the teams. Free shirt when you become a member in the members-only Discord. Um, Caleb Killian said, I'd give you something positive. <laughs> Is he coming soon? Jed Hoyer was asked about it at Wrigley Field. Killian again. This is just today. This is from Alex Cohen. Tweeted today at Killian, Jordan Wicks, and Luis Devers today, three minor league pitchers, 15 innings, 21 strikeouts, three walks combined. Good players are coming. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, yeah. when you talk about, people are talking about the core. Will the next core be better than this core? The next Cubs core is not here yet. And, and they're going to look different than the last Cubs core because we talked about it during the game. But 100%. When's the last time we were really excited? How long has it been since we were excited about pitching that was coming out of this system? Yeah. Um, that's been since it's Clement, I was in high school. It's Clement, yeah. Pryor, Pryor, Zambrano. Zambrano. Yeah. So yeah. it's been a while. And there wasn't um, a whole lot behind those three, you know. So right. when injuries started playing a role, we think there's more depth in this group even coming up. Yeah. Killian being right at the top of that list. So that's another thing for, for fans to keep in mind is when you're looking for that next core, it's not going to look like the, you know, Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, Wilson Contreras coming up. It's right now, it seems a little more centered around, it's more pitching heavy perhaps than yeah. before. Just look at the bullpen. Right. These are not, this is not a knock on those guys. These are not the top prospects of arms coming up in the, in, in the Cubs system, and the guys that are coming up already 
are shoving, as Cody says. Shoving. They really are. So shoving. if they're shoving, what's the next <laughs> wave going to do? And the wave after that, because they're coming. Caleb Killian, I just mentioned, had a great game. Hoyer was asked about him. Do we have that quote, you, uh, Kevin, again? Kevin, yeah, you put it up. Pass it back up. Yeah. I, I, I blew past it. He was asked, uh, Ryan Herrera tweeted this, uh, asked about Killian. He said he's been getting better and better with each start, and we're really excited about him. Then asked, might he pitch for the Cubs this year? The way he's throwing, he's in AAA. He's getting a lot of guys out. He's certainly put himself in position for that. The Cubs have a couple of doubleheaders coming up, one at end of May, one in June. That might be an opportunity where you could see him pitch. Right. And depending on how he does that, send him back down. and, and Or if he pitches great, maybe start sliding him into that fifth spot and working him in the rest of the season. There's some flexibility there, but, Matt, everybody that talks about this guy is like, hey, he's got like four or five pitches, and four of the five are plus pitches at the major league level. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you hear that, that's a pitcher to get excited about. And when's the last time you heard Jed talk about a prospect like that? with the, like A pitching that prospect. Yeah, yeah, let alone. I mean, he's super. You could hear it in his voice how excited he is about him. Yeah. That alone sparks interest. Yeah, Jed's going on the media tour the last – 24 hours because he's on the score yesterday. He talked to media today at Wrigley Field. Uh, yeah, no. Caleb Killian, like I said earlier, the Cubs already look like they've won the, the Bryant trade. Um, Bryant's not even on the Giants anymore. And Alexander Canario hit a homer today as well in double A. So, uh, you know, I I am excited about Caleb Killian. Um, I'm also excited to hear that Brian Smith, the guy who from Bleacher Nation that we had on the show, he, is, he has put himself – over the line, he says he thinks Killian is is ready to play Major League Baseball now. So if if someone like that who's p- paying much more attention to the minor leagues than I am is ready, then sign me up. Mm-hmm. I, if you want to call him up tomorrow, go ahead, whatever. Um, but I'm also kind of on the fence at the same time because like these pitchers, man, like you got to in a way you got to kind of baby them. You don't want them to come up and. Next thing you know, you got a Michael Kopech situation. He's got to have Tommy John, something like that. Like, but if a guy's going to get hurt, he's going to get hurt at AAA or at the major league level. That's true. That's I could true. see. I could very easily see them bringing Killian up and letting him be the fifth starter. Another one of those fourth or fifth starter, and if he has to go back and forth to, to work on some things, that's okay. Here's another reason. Alec Mills today, we hear, goes on to the 60-day injured list. I didn't see that coming, and that's a yeah. guy that I thought would come back and be the fifth starter. Yeah, we, I think the Cubs thought he was going to be the fifth starter most of the season. For yeah. sure. I mean, he was projecting to he would have been back by now, and then he's had these setbacks, and it's it's like a new injury. So um, that changes the dynamics of, okay, how do you fill this spot in the rotation? And I like, Luke, what you mentioned. With some doubleheaders coming up, that might be a great opportunity. Bring Killian up, let him pitch one of the games of a doubleheader, and that's his introduction. And it's, you know, Cody, like you, you mentioned, it, it's sort of a soft landing. Like, come in, throw a – you're the 27th man, so expectations are reasonable. Come in, throw, you know, throw four innings of this start or three innings or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's your look at the major leagues, and we'll just kind of take it from there. And, and you can take that start, and then you get some feedback from it. And when you do get returned to the minors – as the 27th man, you know, you get shuttled right back. Um, Then you've got some stuff to work on his next few starts in Iowa. He can continue to, to grow from there. So yeah, I think there's, there's some good opportunity here to not only give us a chance to get a look at Killian in the majors, but really do it in a way that helps his development. What about, what about a doubleheader at the end of May? Killian's game one, Keegan Thompson's game two. Like I, I was against, the experiment of taking Keegan Thompson out of the role, but I've flipped completely like a bass on a pier because he's done pretty well. And, and as Brendan did a great job on last night's podcast talking about, he's expanded his repertoire. You know, he's throwing more pitches now, which would open him up to be much more successful as a starter. Those are the type of games and outings that now you're looking forward to seeing. Mm-hmm. Again, a 3-1 loss to the Diamondbacks, every team loses. This was a frustrating one because, as Jared said, it was a winnable game. But there are some opportunities coming up and some guys coming up that 
again, I go back to the number. What is it? Six, seven, eight? How many wins do you want to see? Because some of the guys that are showing you so far, it's not going to happen, were guys that most likely weren't part of the next great Cubs core or the next Cubs great team, even if they're not part of the core. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the guys that are having success so far are the young guys yeah. that you weren't sure how they would embrace that first role. And that is almost as optimistic as you can be about it, this team right now. And, and I think it's helpful, too, to think about the way that with the last core that won the World Series, you know, there was all this excitement about the guys coming up from the minors. But then think, too, about some of the guys they brought in that were the biggest difference makers, the Dexter Fowlers, the Ben Zobrists, some of those types of players who, you know, they weren't on our radar. We weren't even thinking about those guys. And not necessarily mega superstar type players, but they fit the right needs at the right time. And so as these young players get to the majors, they start to develop, um, those that too is going to make a difference. Uh, we're going to get to Ryan Herrera in one second. A quick points bet uh, acknowledgement if you enjoy CHGO. One way to help us continue to grow. Downloading that points bet app. Use the code CHGO when you sign up. Not only to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you get a free CHGO membership. Unlocks our web content, all of Ryan's content, all of Jared's content. And uh, you get a shirt from the CHGO locker. Questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com. Sign up in Illinois. You can download that PointsBet app right now, right from your phone, signing up with the fastest sports book. So start living your bet life in seconds. What are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Ryan Herrera, can you hear us? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Yeah. You missed my rant. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about, uh, there's been a lot of Patrick Wisdom talk. Uh, and just missed opportunities for the offense. Just recently, we were talking about uh, the Alec Mills move to 60 days. Do we have a report on what happened there? Because I thought he was close to coming back, but that seems like he's not going to be around, that there might be opportunities for Caleb Killian or somebody else uh, to get some starts here soon. Um, No, like, official report on it. It was just like we got the, you know, the – the news that he was going on the 60 day um, he had he threw a live bp i want to say on tuesday and he threw a bullpen today so it may just be like the way he was ramping back up and the way you know all that kind of went with each other just kind of made sense just to move him to 60 he, it, it is i believe <laughs> retroactive to since he started the season on the il he is eligible to come off uh beginning of june like june 6 whatever it is okay. so it doesn't oh, like start okay. the clock over or anything no he's not he what is that two weeks something like that, two, two and a half weeks. Okay. So it may just be like that, the way that his scheduling was going, it just made sense to move him The there way that it was low, coming from... Yeah, the way that it was coming from Twitter, I guess, it did come off it as It came like, off as 60 days from today. I was like, yeah. oh, man, that's he's not going to pitch this season. Right. And that's, no, I mean, yeah. that's optimistic. Yeah, that's that's better news for him. Yeah, for no, sure. it, it's, it's, yeah it's not that, because like, he started on the... He started on the... Uh, the season on the IL, so I like I really yeah, it's it, it just sixty days from that, you know, whatever okay. so the sixth. When everyone else is eligible to come off, he should be able to too. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't a move to the sixty day IL open a forty man roster spot? Yes, I believe so. Okay. So yeah, it that, could also that, be it, it that may be a factor as well. Just to try and yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it would, right. I mean that could have I been feel it better. because you know you, you needed a spot for Strowman <laughs> obviously. Well. <laughs> The world um, isn't in there. <laughs> uh, what was the kind of the main theme of uh, questions and answers out there, the clubhouse and in, uh, from David Ross? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we can't talk about Stroman. That's as far as today goes. Um, game-wise, it was kind of Stroman, you know, Stroman's return game. Um, and, they, you know, he thought he looked pretty good. And I, you know, don't disagree. Those first three innings were fine. Uh, it was perfect, actually. It's Nine up, nine down in the first three innings. Um, you know, Strowman kind of said that maybe he just wasn't mixing a little, mixing mixing as much as he should have uh, in that fourth inning. Um, yeah, I mean, Ross said that he um, maybe just kind of, you know, and then there was a couple of balls that just kind of got out of reach. Like that one line drive to right field somehow beat the shift. Like it was, 
I think it was like more of like a couple balls fell. Obviously, the home run, I, I want to say it was a cutter left up a little bit, uh, caught too much of the plate, and, and it was a bar show, hit, hit that one out. But, it, I mean, especially coming off an 18-day layoff, he hasn't pitched since May 1st, and then, you know, he's been on the IL since, what was it, the 8th or something like that. I mean, um, all things considered, I think both of them, Stroman and Rossi, thought that Stroman pitched pretty well. Um, I think Stroman said that his only really like his buildup was kind of playing catch, playing toss. He had like one bullpen with a couple like a bucket of balls and like a net. Um, so it's not like he was going down and getting rehab starts or any of that kind of stuff. So um, I think all all things considered, they were pleased with what they saw. And um, you know, it going on the aisle was a setback considering where he was that last start in Milwaukee. But at the same time, like this shows that he's you know he's not. He's not that far off. Like the leg, they were. They were definitely. They were definitely very pleased with what they. What, you know, Stroman was very pleased with what he did today, and Ross agreed. Ryan, did uh, did Stroman mention at all how bad? Like, did he have symptoms? How how sick was he? Did he get into into that at all? Yeah, he said that he was just kind of laid up, uh, you know, fatigued for a few days. Um, you know, was just didn't have the energy, kind of that kind of stuff. Um, and he just said he was fatigued and that, you know, he kind of just took the days that he needed to really feel better. And then once he did, um, he, that, that's when he started to ramp things back up. So, yeah, he, he said he was in bed, you know, just kind of in bed, tired, fatigued, whatever. Um, and yeah, just took that time to get, to get better. What, however, he went about that and then started ramping back up. Uh, I do want to point out, we forgot to do this the other night or who you got. I won. So I have three. <laughs> I just uh, yes, put that down in your notebook out there, Ryan, at Wrigley Field. Luke now has three wins. Yeah. Cody, two, and we believe Ryan has one. Ah. Jared's waiting for ah. his first, but more appearances will help that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, a lot of people in the chat are uh, asking about injuries. Um, mm-hmm. I, is there any, any update at all uh, coming from, like, Nico or Magical at all? I know there wasn't much on Twitter. I didn't know. I don't know if there's anything, if, if um, at the very least, if you can update some of the people in the chat. Yeah, no, Nico, uh, the update from earlier today, Nico was doing, uh, back to doing baseball activities, um, building up to running and stuff like that, especially like with the ankle injury. Um, no timeline for now, but you know, hopefully we get that in the coming days to get more clarity, see how he's feeling. Um, but he's progressing, same with Madrigal. Uh, I talked to him. Uh, yesterday, I want to say, just had a little conversation, and he's, you know, he said that everything's going well. He's kind of, you know, going at, you know, just taking things day by day, seeing how he's feeling and stuff. So they're both kind of different injuries, but both kind of in the same boat as far as like they, there's no set date on when they're going to come back, but they're progressing at their, you know, their own pace. Um, yeah, I mean, Clint, I know Clint Fraser had the day off today in his rehab assignment, uh, but he's supposed to play tomorrow. I want to say, um, Bodie, David Bodie. Uh, was down in Iowa. Uh, I want to say it was Iowa for his start his rehab today. I have not looked to see how that went, but he started out there. And then, like I said, Alec Mills threw a bullpen today. I think I saw that Bodie went one for three with a double. Get a double today. Yeah. 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 So played six go. innings, so he didn't play the full game, but yeah, one for three with a double. Yeah. One thing so. we're going to have to hit in a podcast soon is the robot umps that have started, by the way. Like, it, it, for me, it's going to be worth watching some minor league baseball. I want to see mm-hmm. some robot umps. See how that goes, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, right. I want to see if C-3PO is – we've said we want to see actual droids on the field. <laughs> we don't want just some machine. I want C-3PO behind home plate. Actual robots. That's right, yeah. correct. Real robots yeah. or droids, one of the two. Uh, anything else for news and nuggets out there, Ryan? No, I mean, he's got Fergie Jenkins' day tomorrow, so that's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun turnaround from a night game to a day game to do all that. But uh, it should be a cool day. I'll be out there. I, I, either of you three going to be at the park tomorrow? I don't believe so. I do so. not believe not so. Yeah. Uh, missing out. Missing out on a, yeah. a fun-filled event. <laughs> we, uh, we'll be uh, looking for your stuff on allchgo.com and uh, also on our social accounts, correct? Yeah. You should uh, send us a cool video. Ooh, I uh, will do my best to take it. I'm not the best cameraman, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I trust. I trust your iPhone. <laughs> I'm a writer. I'm a writer. If Luke not can a, do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if Luke can do it, so anybody can, you. can do it. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> we know that's true. I just hope it's a nice day that Fergie gets his day. Kind of, we saw a preview in the broadcast tonight that the statues are all kind of lined up out there by the brick house, if it's still called that, the yeah. restaurant right. on the other end of Gallagher Way. So, you know, I think there was a lot of heat about where the statues were going. It looks like it's going to be kind of a cool location, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never forget, everyone thought all those statues were in sheds in Michigan. Or thrown out in a dumpster yeah, with the wrong Santa stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> what a way. What a, what a story. God All right. Sounds good. Uh, we get Henricks tomorrow against Castellanos. And, uh, you know, I, I hope we see what we've seen from Kyle Henricks as the weather starts to warm up. He's been, he's been good. Five and two-thirds last outing, one earned run. And before that, he was spectacular. Yeah. So Cubs hit, the Cubs hit well off Castellanos last time. Uh, the hitter much better than the pitcher. Um, yeah. So hopefully Hendricks keeps building off his last two starts. You remember who homered in the in that game? Two guys. <sighs> two hit homers off Castellanos. I mean, again, my I, I looked it up, so it's not my memory is great. Was it Jan Gomes? The Jan no, Gomes go. It Gomes? was Wisdom and Ortega, wisdom two guys that we've been the two critical guys that of I've been yelling in today's about. game. Oh, so yeah. Ortega had the we leadoff homer. It's possible they're back in the lineup tomorrow. I bet they so will be. Tomorrow night's post game show is going to be totally different. Yes, it'd be like you need to. He's a <laughs> core piece the of the future. future. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way we do it. Like, By the end of the I year, everyone's going to just be over me and my like roller coaster emotion. Like takes. <laughs> I don't I think, you know, that's good. We're looking forward to Fergie Day. We're looking forward to Hendricks pitching. Uh, some positivity in uh, exploring and advancing the franchise. And we're looking forward to Ryan hopefully breaking out for Fergie Day, one of his finest, finest Ooh. Hawaiian shirts. Oh, Ryan, Ooh. Ryan, do you like my Hawaiian? See. Did you see me? I do like yeah. my Hawaiian. It was a perfect day for it. Thank and you. Thank you've you. got Friday day baseball at Wrigley for the first time, and it's it's been a while. This season, honestly, yeah, I feel like Friday one twenty. Yeah, a couple of Friday one twenties yeah. that got canceled Friday because of day rain. Baseball, so mm-hmm. it's going to be good. It's a vibe as always. <laughs> All right, uh, thanks for dropping in to check out the CHGO Cubs post game show podcast presented by Points Bet for Ryan Herrera, who has got more work to go do, and he's got to get up and do it again. Cody Del Mendo, Jared Willis, I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. Cubs lose. Three to one, but we're back here for the postgame show tomorrow when we hope they will fly the W.